Well, today we're starting a new message series called Jesus, Our Healer. Jesus, Our Healer. And in the middle of your bulletins is a white page. I don't have one here with me, but there's a white page that has the outline written out. And on the back, there's questions. Now, those questions aren't copied off the internet. Yours truly writes them down. Okay, and the purpose is not to use up some more black ink, but the purpose is that you actually look at the questions on the back page, not during the message, uh, but during the week. And you take some time with God and go through the scriptures of the, of the message and answer the questions. See what God is speaking to you so that you can apply the message to your life. So we're going to be talking about the topic of healing. Sickness is a universal need. Everybody is sick from time to time, and we all know others that are battling, perhaps with even severe or debilitating illnesses or diseases. The latest figures show that 18%, almost one in every $5 in all expenditures in the United States goes to health care. That's over $2.7 trillion a year. A huge amount of money. Modern medicine is a blessing, but it has not eliminated sickness and disease, has it? And we all know people that with even the best of medical care, things go wrong. Things cannot be cured. And so people have all kinds of opinions about healing. But in this series, we're going to look to God's word. We're going to look to the Bible as the basis for everything that we say. Our first verse today is 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. It says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that, underline those two words, so that, so that the man of God and woman of God, of course, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now let's look very carefully at this verse. For, for many people don't truly understand the purpose of God's Word. The purpose of God's Word is not for you to just memorize it. The purpose of God's Word is not for you to read your chapter or two every day so you can check it off on some list. The purpose of God's Word is not for you to understand everything about it. The purpose of God's Word is not for you to win at Bible trivia. The purpose of God's Word is not for you to attend every Bible study you could possibly attend every day of the week. What is the purpose of Scripture in this verse? The purpose of Scripture is so that you may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So that you might do something with the knowledge you gain from God's Word. So that you might go closer to God and be empowered by Him to do the good works that He's created you to do in your life. And so the purpose of the Bible is not for you to understand ancient history. Although it's good to understand what the Bible has to say, but that is not the main purpose. It's to equip you to do God's work in the world. To put another way, to put it another way, the purpose of the Bible is to equip you to talk like Jesus and to act like Jesus. And to think like Jesus. God's word is to help you become like Jesus. That's what a Christian is. Someone who is like Christ. That's what a follower of Jesus Christ is. Someone who does the things that Jesus did. Is that radical? No, it's, it's what every believer, it's what every disciple, it's what every follower of Jesus Christ is supposed to do. So what did Jesus do? 
Well, here's Matthew's summary of Jesus' ministry, Matthew 4, 23. It says, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. And so James basically tells us that Jesus did two things. I'm going to lump preaching and teaching together because they're very similar. Slightly different, but very similar. And so Jesus did two things. He taught God's word and he healed sick people. And that's not just in this verse. This verse provides a summary of everything we read in all the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And if you read through, you'll find this is an accurate summary. Those are the things that are recorded in the Gospels, Jesus' teaching and Jesus' healing ministry. And as we'll see today, those two activities are, are directly related. The supernatural healing that Jesus did confirmed or authenticated the words that he spoke. He spoke words. How were people to believe it? Well, they looked and they saw that he did healings, miraculous healings. Likewise, the words that Jesus taught built faith into the people who heard them so that they could believe him to be healed. And so the two were synergistic. And what was the effect of Jesus healing disease and sickness? Verse 24, it says, News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. And so we would say today, the news reports went viral, right? It was posted on YouTube, and everybody looked at it. They heard, they talked, and people came. Because there were lots of sick people then, and there's lots of sick people today. And what are people, why are people spending $2.7 trillion in health care? Because they want to be well. They don't want to be in pain. They want to function in a normal way. And so all kinds of sick people were brought to Jesus and he healed them. Verse 25 says, Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. And so many people began to follow Jesus. Why? Well, because they wanted to listen to his teaching. And secondly, they wanted to, to see this supernatural healing power or experience it in their own lives. So how does this apply to us? That's ancient history, right? How does this apply to us in St. Louis in the year 2013, the 21st century? Well, God calls us individually and as a, as a church to follow Jesus. Again, that means to be like Jesus. It means to talk like Jesus. It means to do the things that Jesus did. To bring healing to people. Now, some might say, well, you can't be serious. That was Jesus. I'm not Jesus. That was the very Son of God. Of course, He had the power to heal people. What's that have to do with me? He was one of a kind. Well, let's see what Jesus said about that. John 14, 12. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, anyone, circle that word, anyone. Guess what? You're an anyone. I'm an anyone. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. And what He was talking about in the context is miracles. Anyone who follows me and has faith in me will do what I've been doing. He'll do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And so Jesus says that any believer who follows him with faith should be doing the things that he did. And so our church, which is full of believers, is supposed to be a supernatural church. We're not just to be a social club. The power of God is actually to be in this place. 
to bring healing to people of different kinds. The healing that Jesus brought was multifaceted. Yes, there were spiritual healings when people confessed their sins and were forgiven by Jesus. And the same happens today. God brings spiritual healing into people's lives and they become believers. They become born again. But God still brings physical healing to people's lives as well. Now today, my message is entitled, Is Healing God's Will? Now some would say, well, you know, Pastor Dan, we really don't see that many people healed today. And so it must not be God's will to heal now like it was back then. Others would say, well, let's not get carried away with this, with this uh, faith healing nonsense. You know, I've seen a lot of these faith healers on late night TV, kind of wacko guys doing things that are kind of crazy. You know, we don't want to be like that, do we? It's like, no, we don't. Uh, we want to simply follow God's word. And when God's word tells us that Jesus wants us to do something, we're going to pray and we're going to believe God. We believe as we do, there's going to be fruit to those prayers and fruit to those beliefs. And so we're going to look at God's word and see if we can answer that question, is it God's will to heal? Now the context of what we're going to be looking at today is that we've looked at some verses in Matthew chapter 4 that summarize the beginning of Jesus' ministry. He taught and he healed. Then in Matthew chapter 5 through 7, Jesus had a great teaching which was called the Sermon on the Mount. Anybody heard of that? We're not going to go over that this morning, but it was um, five, six, and seven, three chapters of incredible teaching, the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus went up on a mountaintop and taught the people. And what was the response of the people to Jesus' teaching? Well, they were amazed. And we ought to be amazed as well. Our first point is that we need to be amazed at Jesus, at God's Word, Jesus' teaching. Matthew 7, 28, it says, When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. Now, we don't have Jesus physically standing here and speaking to us today, but we have his words written down in the pages of the Bible. And we can read them and we can understand the things that he spoke 2,000 years ago. And so I asked the question, are you amazed at his teaching? Why or why not? I think one of the reasons we're not amazed at the Bible is because we really don't think it applies to our lives. We have the natural tendency to read it as just a story from many years ago. We tend to read the Bible as simply ancient history. We don't really believe that the God who did the miracles in the Bible is still able or willing to do what he did back then. And so the Bible becomes a rather boring book of history. I don't like to read boring books. I like to read exciting books. And the Bible can be an exciting book if we read it with the mindset that this is God's to-do manual for the Christian life. This is my instruction book in following Jesus. And everything, what was that first verse we read? 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is useful to equip us. And so if we truly understand God's word, everything we read is useful to equip us for living today, 
for living in the year 2013, for living right here in St. Louis. It's all applicable. It's all practical. It's all relevant. And when you read it that way, it can be amazing. Absolutely amazing. So how else should we read God's Word? We need to take God's Word as our authority. It says the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. And so Jesus taught with authority. The teachers of the law, they just taught things as dry bones. Things that ancient things and things you had to do and you really didn't want to do it, but we didn't know why we had to do it. And it was just boring, legalistic. But when Jesus taught, he taught with authority. It had immediate impact on the people's lives. And so the Bible is not just another book. The Bible is one of a kind. We've been talking about the Bible as God's word. That's not just, those are not just words. It's the very word of God, the creator of the universe, inspired people to write his word down on parchment. And we can read it today. How incredible. How incredible. To take the Bible as our authority means that we believe what it says, number one. We believe it really did happen 2,000 years ago. And secondly, we believe that it has application to our lives today. Right now, the year 2013. And when you're amazed at God's word, you take it as your authority. That means that is the guiding principle of your life, to follow God's word. You read it every day because you know God's got a direction in there for you today. Something to think about, something to do, something to believe him for. And you read it every day, God, what do you have for me today? I need your direction today. I need you to speak to me through your word. And so we follow Jesus through God's word. Matthew 8 verse 1 says, When he came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. The crowds were following Jesus. What had he done on the top of the mountain? Well, they'd heard him teach the Sermon on the Mount. And they were amazed at that teaching. They wanted to know more. And before, he'd been healing people. And I'm sure there were sick people who were listening, as we'll see in a minute. Sick people who were listening to his teaching. And they were amazed at that teaching, but they wanted more than that. They needed to be healed. They had a need in their life. And they thought, maybe, just maybe, Jesus can heal me. And so hearing God's word built the people's faith. The Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. As we understand God's word, as we believe it, faith is built in our lives. And they begin to believe that God could heal them. And so knowing God's word is an essential part of following Jesus. Now, remember, our message is entitled, Is Healing God's Will? Now, where are we going to get the answer to that question? Are we just going to pull a book off the shelf? Or are we going to have our opinion? Well, yeah, I think maybe, maybe not. No, we're going to look to God's Word to get the answer. Now, the principles that we discover in God's Word today, as with many principles, we're going to apply primarily to physical healing because that's the topic of the message series. But they can also apply to any other need you might have in your life. And so just because you don't have a dire physical need of healing this morning, don't turn off. Because with a little thought, everybody has needs in their life. Anybody here has no needs in your life at all? 
I see no hands. Uh, we all have needs. And these principles we're going to learn today can help you with any need you may have in your life. But if you want to experience healing in your life, healing in the lives of others around you, the first step is to immerse yourself in the Word of God. What does that mean? It means to read it daily. It means to think about it. It means to meditate on it. It means to read it to experience God's presence in your life and His power in your life, not reading it simply as a religious duty. I checked off my chapters for the week. Surely God is proud of me. Well, it's a good habit to have, but we read it not for that. We read it to get something out of it, to experience God. So dare to believe that God's Word is true for you. Be amazed by it and then kneel and worship Jesus. Matthew 8, 2, our story goes on. It says, a man with leprosy came and knelt before him. That is Jesus. Now, where did this man with leprosy come from? Well, I'm going to assume that he was one who had heard about Jesus healing all kinds of diseases because the news had spread everywhere. Everybody had heard that Jesus was healing people, and so the leper must have heard the news reports. And I believe that he came from wherever he lived. He came to hear Jesus teach. I believe he sat on that mountainside and heard Jesus teach this whole Sermon on the Mount. Now at that time, a man with leprosy was considered unclean. And we don't really use that term much today, but in Israel, if you were unclean, you were an outcast. Anybody with leprosy, which was a, a visual skin disease, we don't know exactly what it was today, but anybody with leprosy was considered unclean. You could see them. And they were supposed to stay away from people because if somebody touched them, they became unclean. And if you were unclean, you were kind of an outcast. You couldn't worship in the temple. You had to stay away from other people. And so normally the lepers just kind of stayed in the shadows. They didn't come out in public because they were kind of, shout, ooh, he's a leper. Let's get away. He's unclean. People would shout unclean or the leper would shout unclean. Stay away, stay away. But somehow this leper wanted to hear Jesus teach. He wanted to be healed. And so he came out in public. And he must have pushed through the crowd somehow to get to Jesus, to stand in front of Jesus, to get to Jesus' feet. And when he got to Jesus, he knelt down before him in a posture of worship. And he acknowledged Jesus as Lord. It says he knelt before him and said, Lord. He addressed Jesus. In the Greek, the word is kurios. He dressed him as Lord. He understood that Jesus was not just an ordinary teacher. Jesus was not just a teacher like the, like the teachers of the law. Jesus taught with authority, and so he addressed him as Lord. He addressed him as Master. And when you truly hear Jesus' teaching, when you truly read God's Word and allow it to sink into your heart, you recognize that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Master, and you want to Worship him. You want to submit your life to him. And that's what the leper did. He knelt before Jesus. Now, why did the leper come to Jesus? Oh, well, he believed that Jesus could heal him. The leper knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, let's look at 
the leper's request again. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Let's look at the second part of what the leper said. He said, you can make me clean. The leper believed that Jesus had the power to heal him. You can make me clean. Because if you're healed of leprosy, then you're clean. If you're not healed, you're still unclean. So we're talking about healing here because the cleanness and the healing are interrelated. But the leper had a question because he said, if you are willing. And so his question was, Jesus, are you willing to heal me? I, I know you have the power, but I don't know if you want to do it. If you're willing, I believe you can do it, but I'm not sure that you're willing. Here's the verse. Some people today need to begin to believe that Jesus is still able to heal people today. Many people teach that Jesus no longer does miracles. They teach you can't expect God to heal anybody anymore. That miracles were reserved for, for Jesus, the apostles, and it doesn't happen anymore. God is not the same anymore. He doesn't do those kind of things. Well, when I read my Bible, I see from Genesis all through Revelation, every book of the Bible, almost without exception, we see God's healing power. The Bible is meant to teach us what God is like. God's Word has been given to us not just to read about what Jesus and the apostles did, but that we can experience God's healing power today. Now, there are also many people today who, like the leper, believe that Jesus can heal today. To be honest, I think most believers instinctively know God is still God. And even those that say, oh, God doesn't do miracles anymore, guess what? When they get sick, what do they do? They pray for God to heal them. And they ask everybody to pray for them that they'll be healed. They might not call it a miracle, but they want to be healed. But the question is, God can heal, but does he want to heal me in my particular situation? So let's continue on with the story to answer that question, is healing God's will. If you're sick, you need to accept Jesus' healing touch. And so the leper had this question for Jesus. Jesus, if you're willing, you can heal me. And so what did Jesus do? It says in verse 3 of Matthew 8, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. And sometimes we just read too fast. We don't think about what is going on. In this particular case, you need to think about it a little bit. Remember, the man was a leper. He was unclean. Jesus was a holy man. People would have thought he was clean. People would have thought he knew the leper was unclean. And I'm sure when Jesus reached out and touched that leper, the crowd went, <gasps> there was a gasp across the whole crowd. What is going on? Doesn't Jesus know? Why would he touch this man? It was never done. Touching that unclean leper would make you unclean. You couldn't go into the temple. And they considered leprosy to be contagious. You could get it yourself. And yet, Jesus had compassion on the leper's condition. He reached out and he touched him. Now, as we read through many accounts of Jesus healing people in the Gospels, we see this as a recurrent theme. That when Jesus healed people, not every time, but many times, Jesus reached out and touched them. 
Not only does that touch demonstrate compassion, but the Bible teaches, we don't have time to go into it today, that supernatural power could be transmitted by the touch of Jesus. We need to accept Jesus' healing touch and believe that Jesus will heal you. And here the operative word is will rather than can. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Double underline that. I am willing, Jesus said. Remember the man was questioning Jesus. If you are willing to heal me, I know you can do it, but are you willing, Jesus? And Jesus said, I am willing. He answered the leper's question. And I believe with those three words, I am willing, he answered our question today. He wants to heal people today. Why would he change? Why would he want to heal people 2,000 years ago and no longer heal people? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Healing is God's will. There's not one time that somebody asked Jesus to heal them and he said, Sorry, I'm not willing. Go away. Not one time. Now notice there's a, a big difference in believing that God can heal you compared to having the faith to believe that God will heal me here and now. That's where faith comes in. And faith is a gift from God. Believe Jesus will heal you and receive your healing from Jesus. Entirety of verse 3 is Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Then he said, be clean. Immediately he was cured of his leprosy. And so Jesus gave the command, be clean. And instantly the leprosy left. I'm sure the people there saw his condition disappear. And his skin become normal once again. It was an instant cure. It was a miracle. Now, even in the Bible, not all healings are miracles. Many are in the Bible, but healings can be gradual. They can take place over time. And to be honest, we see more of that today than absolute miracles. But healing can take place instantly. We call that a miracle or it can take place over time. Jesus instructed the leper to tell others about his healing. And we need to tell others when God works in our lives. Look at this verse here. It's a little difficult to understand, but we'll get back to it. There it is. Then Jesus said to him in verse 4, See that you don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. What Jesus was saying here is, don't just go around, first of all, and tell everybody that you're healed. What I want you to do is go first to the priest. And what the priest did in those days, they examined a person to see if they were cured of leprosy. It was written in the Old Testament law. That's what they were supposed to do. And they were the ones that could say, yes, you are now clean. Yes, you are cured from leprosy. And so Jesus wanted him to go to the authorities, the authorities to basically verify the healing. That this leper was indeed no longer leprous, that he was clean. And then... Worship God. Give the gift in the temple that you're supposed to give as a, as a token of your appreciation. Let them know. Tell the, tell the religious leaders in the temple who surely needed to hear that Jesus had healed him. 
And then after he did those things, we see in other gospel accounts that the leper went around and told everybody. <laughs> told everybody. He was so excited about what Jesus has done. And so when you're healed, you want to give God the glory by telling other people. And that's how the story, the fame, the glory of God spreads. As believers, we tell others the wonderful things that he's done. And that makes others interested. Maybe he can do that for me. And so let's bring this around to today. Jesus isn't physically here anymore. So how can we be healed? Well, Jesus is still present everywhere today through his Holy Spirit. When he ascended up into heaven, he poured out the Holy Spirit, who is his presence in the world today. We see from the book of Acts that Jesus' healing power continued unabated in the early church. They continued to heal people. Jesus was already gone. So people had questions, is it only Jesus? Then we see it. And we see people healing people who are not apostles, for those who think it was only apostles. Now there's an argument for everything. Well, they were close to the apostles. I mean, what would, how could you write something to show that healing power of Jesus went on? Somebody had to hear from somebody, so yes, there was a connection. And we have a connection to Jesus and the apostles today if we're believers. The healing power of God continued through the book of Acts and continues to this day. So what should we do? Perhaps you're seeking healing for your own life. You're seeking healing for a relative, a friend. Well, first of all, as we said already, read the gospel accounts of Jesus healing people. You can just begin in Matthew and, and you can start the page. Every other page you'll find a account of Jesus healing somebody. And read it. And see what Jesus did. And make a choice to believe that what Jesus did then, he's still capable of doing today. He wants to do it for your life. Be amazed at his word. Don't change his word to justify your lack of experience. Believe his word and ask God to change your heart. Ask God to give you the faith to believe that his word is true and his word can work in your life and in your family. Begin to pray and ask God to bring his healing to yourself. Ask God to bring his healing to whoever you're praying for. Ask God to help you move from believing that God can heal to that God will heal. That's the crucial step of faith we have to come to. Some people are healed through their own prayers. They pray and God heals them. It's probably the exception to the rule. We don't see that much in Scripture. Most examples involve another person praying for the sick person. I think it's hard when you're sick to build that faith to believe God. We need the faith of others to help us to believe. Every service now, at the close of the service, we give opportunities for people to come forward to be prayed for. You can come forward for any need that you might have, but specifically, uh, we pray for people to be healed as well. Now, some people might wonder, why do I need somebody else to pray for me? I, you know, I can pray for myself. I'm a believer, and yes, you can pray for yourself. I encourage you to pray for yourself. But the Bible teaches that God gives gifts of healing to different people. And nobody has every gift. 
And so oftentimes God will use somebody else to pray for you before you're going to see healing in your own life. And so take advantage of that opportunity for prayer today at the end of the service. If you have a need of healing or any need, but we're specifically talking about healing today, or you know someone close to you that has that need, we encourage you to come forward. Many have already been healed through prayer. And sometimes, as I said before, the healing is gradual. Sometimes people come forward once or they pray for once and they don't see a change and they get discouraged, they give up. Oftentimes we have to pray repeatedly. Sometimes it takes time. Don't give up. Keep seeking God. Jesus came to this earth to bring wholeness and healing, both spiritual healing and physical healing. So I challenge you to go through the Gospels during this series as we go through it. Read the accounts of Jesus healing different people and ask God to build your faith in his healing power. And if there's people in your life that you know who are battling some sickness, and not just a cold or a flu that's going to get over in a week by itself, oh, we'll pray for you, that's fine. But, you know, something serious, you can let them know. We're praying for people here. We could pray for them, but even better, invite them to come. And we'll pray for them at the close of the service. It's one way that we can witness for the Lord. The most important healing is spiritual healing. That is the most important, not physical healing. Because even if we're healed, guess what? We're all going to die. We're not getting into all the exceptions, okay? I'm well aware of things. We're all going to die 99.9% .9 are going to die from what? A sickness. And so there's a time to go. There's a time God's going to say, this is your time to come home. But the most important healing is spiritual healing, which God forgives our sins and comes to live in us through His Holy Spirit. And to receive that spiritual healing into your life, you need to admit that you've sinned. That's the disease that we all have that needs to be healed by Jesus. The disease of sin. We admit that we've sinned, that we've done wrong things, and we believe that Jesus died on the cross to forgive us our sins, to heal us of this disease of doing our own thing. And we need to commit our lives to following Him in everything we do. So I'm going to ask everyone here to bow your head right now. I'm going to pray. And if you're not sure that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, or perhaps you've committed your life to him once long ago, and you've kind of drifted away, I'd ask you to pray along with me in your heart and either commit for the first time or recommit your life to him. It's just between you and God. Pray something like this. Father, today, I admit that I've sinned. I've done wrong things. And I sense this disease in my heart. I, I feel guilty for the wrong that I've done. But I believe that Jesus died on the cross. He lived a perfect life. He did not have the disease of sin in his life. And he died in my place. He took my sin upon himself that I might be forgiven. Please forgive me. Come into my life. I commit my life to following you, to walking your way, to following your word, to following your plan for my life, not my own. In Jesus' name.
And for those who are believers this morning, let's pray that God would apply this message to our lives. Father, we thank you so much for sending Jesus to this earth. For sending Jesus, the one whom we are to follow, the one who taught us how we should live our lives on this earth. We thank you for your forgiveness, and we also thank you for your healing touch upon our bodies. We pray that this church, God, would become a healing place, a safe place, a place where those who are sick can be healed, a place where those who are bound in sin can be set free. Build our faith as a church family that your power might dwell here in a greater degree. And as we pray for people to be healed physically and as we pray for people to be healed spiritually, we pray that you would answer those prayers and that you would meet those needs. We thank you that you're present with us. We believe that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, use this church to expand your kingdom in this city. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.